from the studios of WNCU 90.7 FM, welcome to Mastering Your Money, where your personal and business finances meet your independence plan. I'm your host, Ed Fulbright, CPA, PFS. Gig economy, Zoom meeting, solo entrepreneur. Did these terms even exist five years ago? Plus, the last two years have turned everything we thought we knew about workplace working upside down. Successful professionals in record numbers have quit their jobs they didn't love because of YOLO. You only live once. And the completely changed where and how they work. Yet, many continue to ask the magic question, how can I be successful in my work and fulfilled in my life? Joining us for our discussion on career management is Minda Zetlin, who is on the, who's calling in from her Washington State office. Minda Zetlin is an author, speaker, journalist, contributing editor at Inc., and her newest book is Career Self-Care, Find Your Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment at Work. She is the former president of the American Society of Journalists and Authors and a contributor to CNBC, Insider.com, and CIO.com. She lives in the greater Seattle, Washington area with her husband, a large collection of guitars, and two cats. Welcome to Mastering Your Money, Minda Zetlin. Well, thanks. I'm happy to be here. And to clarify, the guitars are my husband. He's a musician. I don't play guitars. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you to stroke a tune for us, but uh, uh, any- sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I'm just joshing, but um, I, I just wanted to uh, see if the, um, you know, opportunity was there. Now, your new book is entitled Career Self-Care, Find Your Happiness, Success, Fulfillment at Work. How challenging is it to find fun in your first job? Well, you know, I mean, it depends on your first job. If you're just starting out out yes. of college, um, this is when theoretically people are supposed to, quote unquote, pay their dues. And in a lot of professions, that may mean working very long hours. So um, that might or might not be fun. But I think even if you're doing that, even if you've just graduated and you're working away at something that will be your career or you're working at a job that might not have been your first choice because you've got student loans that you need to pay off and so you need that salary, Yes, uh, it's still really important to, I think, do two things. One, and, and the two things are like opposite. <laughs> so this is going to be some opposite advice here. So the first thing is you have to think about the future and, and the big picture of your career. And I think that's particularly hard to do when you're starting out. So you won't have answers to these questions, but it's good to start thinking about questions like, you know, what do I really want when yes. I look back on my career and my life? What do I want to have in there? And also, where do I want to be in one year? Where do I want to be in five years? Um, and have some, like, real 
to that second set, look for some real um, concrete answers to those questions. The opposite thing to, is that you also have to be happy every day because yes. even if you're paying dues or you're you know paying something off, um, this is your life, and like you said, YOLO. So yeah. look for ways to make yourself happy, yes. even if you've got a job that isn't the most fun. Yeah, and it, it could be that you have certain um, dreary tasks, but um, if you are finding the opportunities that you need or you're just talking to the right people so that you can further your career, that could make you happy and you're getting new things lined up or maybe you're finding happiness into some charity work you're doing after work or maybe on your lunch hour. And so those can be great uh, that help you, help you, excuse me. Most people believe that the more they indulge in self-care and the more that they take time off, the worse they will do in their careers. Why do you believe the opposite to be true? Well, let me take half a step back first and okay. talk about what self-care is. Yes, maybe, maybe that would be helpful to the listeners. It's because it's a term that gets used a lot and, you know, people think about um, bubble baths and um, scented candles and massages. And I have to say, um, I love all those things. And if you do too, um, any of them can amount to self-care. But when we talk about self-care in, you know, the sense of something important, it's making yourself, making sure that you are happy healthy and at ease. And if you think about that, um, you should be healthy. You should be, you know, well-rested. You should make the time and find the energy to move around a bit, use your body so that it doesn't atrophy. You should um, be properly nourished. Um, Sleep is super important. You know, if you bring those things in, um, and if you think about the mood that you're in, how you protect yourself as a person when you're happy, as opposed to when you're upset, angry, exhausted, um, miserable, then you start to see where a person who's happy, healthy, and at ease is likely to do their job better than a person who isn't. And it's really kind of as simple as that. I mean, it sounds stupid, but the reason it's we have to say these stupid things is that because so many of the people running our work world and so many of the people working in our work world um, seem to have forgotten it. Okay, and that that makes sense that um, you're able to basically adjust. You you enjoy. People believe every. Some people believe everything should be about work, but in reality, you got to have a life outside of work so that you can come to work and be happy and enjoy what you're doing and trying to communicate. Uh, with work um, or communicate with the people at work and you can have fun uh, not only at work but also uh, when you when you have enjoyment in your life and so um, one of the things that I would like to kind of clarify is that work can be fun but 
people need to try to make sure that if they are, uh, you just can't have like a, I guess, a ball at work unless you really, really enjoy what you're doing. Um, and, and that's fine if you do, but I'm just saying that people have to have where they like what they're doing, but they're also having uh, what I would call a, a good amount of fun, but not where you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a ball. You, you enjoy uh, work and you try to um, just basically, you're having fun, you enjoy it, and you're continuing to express that comes across in how you talk to people or you talk to coworkers or even vendors. Um, they, they hear that you enjoy and you like what you're doing. Is, is that a pretty much a correct assessment there? Yeah, uh, all, all of that. I mean, I think that's right. Um, and, you know, I just want to take a step back and say, um, yeah, you have to have uh, a life that you enjoy outside of work in order to do your job well. But, yes. you know, if you take a look at the bigger picture, you need to have a life that you enjoy outside of work uh, to be a happy, fulfilled, well-rounded person. And that's ultimately more important than your performance on the job, I think. But, um, yeah, so I, a lot of the people that I write for a lot of the time, um, you know, especially in many in you know, we're Americans and Americans are driven and we work hard. We have this Puritan history in our country. Um, so I think for a lot of people that work, working, having a ball at work um, doesn't mean not doing the job well. Um, yes. And I kind of take that as a given in for my readers and maybe I shouldn't, but if you you care enough about your career to pick up a book that says career, um, chances are you are devoted to your job. And if your job is really completely unfulfilling for you and you don't enjoy it, um, you know, think about what you might be able to do to change that. Um, a lot of times the reason people don't enjoy their job has more to do with the people they're working for, the people they're working with, than what the job itself is. And that's always something you can think about changing. Um, you know, not 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 every situation is changeable, but it's important, I think, to think about what would make you happy and to try to do that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so when I say you should have fun at work, I don't necessarily mean have a ball at work. <laughs> I do mean find work that you enjoy. Yes. Um, you know, even if what you enjoy about it is the people you're working with. Well, very quickly, can you tell us a little bit about the dirty little secret about success? So um, the dirty little secret about success, I think, and it took me decades and decades of working to figure this out. <laughs> so if you're young, it's, it's, it's just a good, this is something that you need to think about now. Um, there is no such place. It's like the end of the rainbow, right? You don't ever actually get there. And um, the things that made me think about it in my book or the story I used to illustrate it is, um, Amazon's hunt for its second headquarters, which if you, I, I won't tell the whole story here because we're, we're trying sure. to say this quickly, but Amazon spent uh, over a year and 
um, a lot of resources trying to pick this town where it was theoretically going to bring 50,000 jobs and have its second headquarters here other than Seattle. I live right outside Seattle, yes, so of course yes. we were paying attention. Um, and it, it turned into a great big mess. After all this time, it decided it was actually picking two places. One was Virginia, where it had a long-standing plan to expand, so that didn't really change much. And the other was a neighborhood of Queens in New York, where it turned out the community didn't really want an Amazon headquarters, and so that fell apart. So the whole thing turned out to be a gigantic waste of time. Well, you know, come to find out several months later, some investigative reporters discovered that actually this whole thing was driven by Jeff Bezos being... Um, envious of some of the incentives that Elon Musk's company Tesla had gotten from the state of Nevada for building a big facility there. So, you know, think about this for a second. Jeff Bezos at the time was the richest person in the world. Yes. He started Amazon in a garage. He, I think, by almost any measure, would have to be called the most successful entrepreneur of all time. Yes. And... He was jealous of somebody else. So <laughs> if you can be the richest person in the world and have built perhaps the most successful company in the world and you're still driven by jealousy of someone else, I mean, there's no hope for you and me, right? Yes. We're never going to get somewhere and say, okay, I'm happy to be here. I'm here. I'm successful. There is no point where you will say, oh, I'm successful. So accept that. You know, you have you. a direction you want to go in. You got goals. Okay. But you're never going to say, okay, I'm a success because... Uh we just never feel that way. We're human. Linda, we I need more. to stop you right there. For those of you who just joined us, the name of the program is Mastering Your Money. I'm Ed Fulbright, CPA, PFS. We've been discussing career management with Minda Zetlin, who's the author of Career Self-Care. You're listening to us on WNCU 90.7 FM. We'll be back with more after this break with more tips for your independence plan. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is 90.7 FM WNCU. Welcome back to Mastering Your Money on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Ed Fulbright, CPA PFS. Uh, we've been discussing career management with Minda Zetlin, the author of Career Self-Care. And in the first half, we talked about uh, the first job may be slightly difficult to have fun with, but you need to find, regardless of where you are in your 
career process. You need to find a way to have fun at your job and to enjoy what you're doing and looking at the opportunities that are available to you. So uh, I want to bring Mindy back in because we were talking about how you have finding success. She was talking about how Jeff Bezos, who could easily be one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, and he was jealous of opportunities that uh, Elon Musk was getting. And so we have to all measure or understand our success I guess it's really relative. And it would would you say that, Mindy? Well, I do think it's relative, but I also think that looking at it that way uh, can get you in trouble because the second you start comparing yourself to somebody else, yes, um, the the more you're going to be in trouble, right? Um, sometimes somebody else can serve as an inspiration. Oh, they did it, so so can I, and that's good. Yes, but. They did it, therefore I should have done it by now myself. That's bad. And I think, um, you know, we all have to find that balance and we all have to learn that lesson. Um, the point of of my story about Jeff Bezos is that there never comes a point in your life where you think, oh, I've done it. Here I am. I'm successful. Because by the time you get to whatever goal you are aiming for, you're going to have another goal in mind. Yes. So... There is no, there is no there there. <laughs> there, there's no end. You usually, your goals keep increasing. You keep uh, having new um, ways of achieving things, and so that's called life or ev- ev- uh, evolution, uh, which a lot of people end up going through. One question I like to ask every guest is that what is the best advice you've ever received, Mindy? Oh, I couldn't I couldn't name a best piece of advice. I've gotten so much good advice sure. and bad advice over the years. But one piece of advice that I really kind of liked um, sort of came down to this. Ready, fire, aim. And usually we put those three words in like a different order, but um, oftentimes it's, trying things out and doing things that teaches you what the right path forward is. So um, one time I was trying to figure out how to do something in my business and I couldn't quite figure out how to get started. And I was talking to someone who was successful and she said, and I said, well, should I try this? Should I try that? Maybe I should try this thing over here. And she said, try everything. And I thought, what a good idea. Try everything. (laughs) I think that's really good advice. Okay. All right. Uh, Everything might be a little bit consuming, but uh, let's uh, figure out. I guess you have to be a little bit selective of what everything is. But if you have a lot of different things you would like to do, maybe you should try some of them. If so, that you'll make sure that you are moving forward in the right direction. Um, Right. And and it's not forever, right? Yes. I mean, you figure out what works, and then you do more of that. Yes, yes, yes. And and typically what will happen is that you will find one of those items that you really like or it clicks with you, so then you'll do more of that. So 
one of the questions that I wanted to make sure we ask, can you differentiate between what a mentor is and a sponsor, and why do you need both of them? So um, a mentor, I mean, that's a term that I think a lot of us are familiar with, uh, especially if you've read any other career books besides mine. Um, and everybody does need, and everybody does need both. So a mentor is somebody who will give you really helpful advice and guidance and inside information, especially if you're in a large organization or an organization where things happen um, behind the scenes a lot. A mentor can tell you what's really going on. He can tell you, uh, you know, don't work on this project, do work for this manager, you'll learn a lot if you do this. Um, so a mentor is kind of like your guide, right? Your yes. teacher. Um, so, and and that particularly towards the beginning of your career, but really throughout your career is very, very important. Um, as you really from the beginning, and even more importantly, as you get on in your career, it's important to have a sponsor. So a sponsor is somebody who believes in you and thinks you're so good at what you do that they will um, advocate for you even if you're not there. So if you think about it, it's a completely different function, right? A mentor is someone who might even be assigned by your company to work with you if your company has a mentoring program. Yes. Um, you'll go in their office or you know meet for coffee. You'll have a private conversation. Nobody else will hear. Um, the mentor will help you. And it doesn't, in a way, other than their time, it doesn't cost them anything. A sponsor is somebody who would stand up in a meeting and say, wow, um, Minda would be really good for this project. She'll do a really good job. We should give it to her. Now, you can hear the difference. So this is not something you can ask. Uh, you might be able to ask someone to do, but it's certainly not something that a company could assign them to do. And now it is costing them something because yes. if it, someone stands up for me in a meeting and then I go and do a crappy job, um, that reflects badly on them, and that takes their credibility down. So this is something you have to earn. But it's incredibly important, especially uh, as you rise in your career and you start going after things where there's more competition. You need someone other than yourself to advocate for you. And the best way to have a sponsor, to get a sponsor, is A, to work really hard and do your best at everything and and so try to impress people, and B, to to get to know people and to form those relationships at work that will um, carry you forward. And, and that makes a lot of sense, that uh, you're going to get a sponsor by doing great work for v- various people, and then they will basically want to lend you their credibility to make something happen. And you owe it to them to be successful at the job. And you'll want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward uh, so that you can have the success that you are looking for or, or you want. And ultimately, even if you work for yourself, like I do, um, anybody in pretty much any work situation needs somebody out there advocating for them sooner or later. Yes, that's very crucial. Because there will be some meetings that you're not in, so you can't talk up for yourself. And it's always nice when somebody else suggests you for an opportunity uh, because 
you can't blow your own horn. Well, you can blow your own horn, but it's better if somebody else is blowing your horn and saying that you should take this opportunity on. Right. I mean, you can blow your own horn, and, and you must. I mean, we all need to do that. And some of us, like me, um, were taught by our families never to do that, and we have to kind of unlearn that lesson. Um, other people have no trouble with it. But there's, there'll always come a point where there's you and somebody else who both want something, and um, someone's going to have to pick. And yep. you want someone pushing for you at that moment. That, that sounds good. Now... Uh, can you tell us what's wrong with most of the workplaces today? Well, I would say that's a long list of things, yeah. but uh, the, the cliff note version of it. <laughs> version, but yes, I'm not going to list them. But um, the the cliff note version is um, somehow people have forgotten. People who run workplaces and people who work in workplaces have forgotten that um, all these people doing their jobs are also human beings. Yes. And, it, you know, again, it sounds stupid, but we sort of forget that, you know, people are human beings and sometimes they get sick. Some days they're more efficient than others. Some days they just had a fight with their boyfriend, you know? some yep. some um, And you have to allow for all of that in order for those human beings to function well. Um you know, it's what I said before. People need to be healthy and at ease to do their jobs well. And some days that's going to be more true than others. But most of our workplaces don't really encourage that. And in so many ways, um, they discourage, you know, the simple fact of people being human, the simple fact of people needing lots of sleep, more sleep than most of us get, um, of needing to be able to say their feelings or, you know, have a moment of privacy if something upsets them. Um, people cry. People yes. yell. Yes. You should, there shouldn't be too much yelling in offices, but uh, <laughs> all of this stuff is kind of human. And in our workplaces, we're expected to be anything but human. I got you. Um, that can be very challenging. Um, can you give us a quick idea of why do you say that Everyone has both a day job and a dream job, and uh, we've got about a minute or so left. Okay. Um, I, I think, you know, we've been talking before about whether you enjoy your job, and the fact of the matter is every job has unenjoyable parts of it. Um, yes. You know, even the President of the United States needs to do things that he doesn't want to do, um, you know, every day, and um, so do you, and so do I. So the question is, what parts of your job, um, you know, really are enjoyable and not necessarily in the sense of fun, but in the sense of fulfilling and feeling like you're doing important work right. and maybe what you were put on this planet to do. Um, and some parts of your job are, you know, just stuff that needs to get done and, you know, you have to do it. So to the second part, can you make it a smaller part of your job? Can yes. you find someone to help you with some of this stuff? Is some of this stuff not really essential? Um, you know, is there ways you can make some of it more efficient or, you know, automate it, to use a term that a lot of people love? Yes. Um, so that's a that's a quick thing. So every job con contains those elements 
Um, if if there's nothing in your job that you find fulfilling or inspiring, then you know think about either making a change or finding some other way to be fulfilled and inspired because we all need that. Yes. But yes. Um, so that's. But if it's a combination of both, as I hope it is, find ways to tip towards what's inspiring and away from what's drudgery. All right. Well, that sounds like excellent idea. I'd like to thank you, Minda Zetland, for your time and information. And for more information on Minda Zetland, you may visit her website. That's Minda Zetland, Z-E-T-L-I-N.com. For our listeners, our discussion today can be summarized into four thoughts. One, take responsibility for where you are at the moment because your best thoughts have gotten you to where you are. Two, you must be willing to change to get different results in your life. Three, create a great vision for yourself and become persistent in your pursuit of this vision. Don't let the first roadblock stop your vision. Fourth and finally, Create your own happiness. Life is too short to not live it being happy. Remember, your money and your life are terrible things to waste. I'd like to thank Willie Jolly for our theme music. Mastering Your Money is recorded in the studios of WNCU 90.7 FM. Listen to archive shows on WNCU.org. And for more info on Mastering Your Money, visit MasteringYourMoney.com to turbocharge your drive on the Financial Freedom Highway. Thank you for tuning in and join us next week.